about to share it this week. Um, so we know from the scriptures that God is love, and we know from the scriptures that perfect love casts out fear. So when we actually soak in God's presence, when we step into the presence of Jesus Christ, you, fear has to go. Thank you, God. So I just um, prophesy that over you today, that Thank fear you, has Lord. to go. Jesus um, name. God is love. Step into his love <laughs> and step into his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just listen to the word of the Lord for a moment. God. The greatest commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as you love yourselves. Thank there is no God. commandment greater than these. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Some of you, God's just asking, can I move you? Can I use you? As we open, open ourselves to God. Some of you have come here to receive this morning. And God is a giver of good gifts. But we have to start by giving to Him. Of our worship and of our praise. You know, I love the words of that song. I'm not here for blessings this morning, Jesus. I just want you. For some of you, the repositioning is about turning the position of your heart to give rather than to receive. I want to give you permission this morning. I don't want to, I don't want to suggest it, but I want to give you permission to let God touch your emotions this morning. And I want you to give permission for the people around you to be moved in the way that God wants to move them. For some of you, God just wants, I, I just see this picture, God just wants to pull the plug. I see a picture of a sink that's like filled with, you know, you know when you wash the dishes and then afterwards it's like that. I just feel like for some of you, you that's what your life feels like right now. And I just see God wanting to pull the plug. And for some of you, that's going to come out your eyes. And that's okay. God, come and have your way this morning. God, come and have your way this morning. Release, release. Come, Lord Jesus. Put, turn your attention towards him. Not me, Jesus. If God's speaking to you this morning, if, if God wants to prophesy through you, then again, come make yourself available at this space here. Don't wait. Don't miss out. Don't. Mighty Jesus. Repositioning, repositioning. Yeah. Thank you, God. Can we just come down a little bit, guys? Just don't stop. I just. I shared at the beginning of the service, God gave me a picture of five battlefields that we've been fighting on. And one of the things that I'm loving about Jesus is he's starting to speak to me about the general before and then the specific. 
to show me that it's him that's moving. I felt called to start tomorrow 15 days of consecration. And then by the time I'd finished writing the devotion, there were only 14 days. And I'm like, oh, I clearly got that wrong. Someone came and picked it up and took one look at it and went, you're missing this one. And I went, Jesus said there were 15 before he told me what the 15 were. And so Jesus said to me, there's five battlefronts that your people are fighting on. And we've become spread. We've become, which is a bad strategy for an army. Bad strategy for an army. But I said to God, okay, so show me what the battlefields are. And God said, the first one is marriages. Some of you are fighting a battle in your marriage. You know, last couple of weeks, we've seen the enemy try to have a real field day with that. I refuse to brush it under the carpet because that means we think it's God's not big enough. And so in the last couple of weeks, I know God has been having a field day with marriages. Uh, not God, the enemy has having, been having a field day with marriages, but God is going to start having a field day with marriages. And I felt like God said, that's a battlefield that some of you are fighting on. And you feel overwhelmed and you feel overburdened and you feel under-equipped. And then I, the second one I felt that God said was the battlefront of health, physical, mental, and spiritual. I know that for many families in this room, this year has been a hard year for health. We, we've had more people in the last 24 months going through cancer at any one time than, than I've known in a church of this size. We've had other people battling different things. Mental health, spiritual health, all those sorts of things. And, and again, you feel like you are overwhelmed, overburdened, and under-equipped. I felt Jesus said that the, the third battlefield is the future and the direction of Blenheim Baptist Community Church. It's the one that I've been fighting on. It's the one that a lot of the staff have been talking about and fighting on because we, you know, we want to see the kingdom grow. We want to see it move. And it's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good battlefield. But we feel overwhelmed, overburdened, and under-equipped. And then God said to me, and the fourth battlefield is that one that we all carry. It's our personal battle, which is, am I enough? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my significance to the world? How am I going to afford to pay my bills next week? How am I going to afford to serve Jesus and do this? And it's our, it's our own, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a prideful need for significance. Going, God, what about me? And again, it's, it's, not a, it's not wrong to want to serve Jesus, but it's another battlefront. And I sat and I prayed about all of these. And then I felt God say, call everybody in from the battlefield. Your army is too spread. Your army is, too, you know, and we've seen that over the last couple of weeks, just with busyness of people, public holiday weekends, all that sort of thing. We've seen all of our church in the last couple of months, but not all at the same time, and which is the nature of, of a growing church. And so this, this week I felt to call everybody together. And I felt God gave me three words, comfort, comfort my people. Strengthen, strengthen my people. Encourage, encourage my people. And I felt like God said in that moment and in that place that this morning is about tending to some wounded. It's about preparing for battle. 
And it's actually about coming together to fight each other's battles for us. And I went, okay, cool. Amen. I went, hang on, God, that's only four. <laughs> Some of you thought I was one of those people that couldn't count. But again, I went, oh, maybe there's only four. But Jesus, you said there were five. Jesus has started giving me the number before he's given me the answers. And I went, well, God, what's, what's, what's battlefield number five? And Jesus said to me, read Joshua chapter seven. And so I went and I read Joshua chapter seven, which is the story of the battle at Ai. And it's the story of the battle that the Israelites lost. But God showed me that the reason that the battle was lost was because of the battle that they'd already lost in their own camp. And I felt like God said that 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 fifth battlefield is here. It's church. And I don't mean church, the premise. I mean church, the body. And it's this thing about who's on the throne of your life. Who reigns? Who's the center of every single part of what we do? And I felt like God said, as we win that battle, we will be empowered to win all those other battles. As we win the battle at home, we will win the other battles. Israel had to come back from a defeat at AI, reposition themselves, humble themselves. In that, there was lament, there was repentance, there was worship, there was consecration. And then they went back onto the battlefield that they had retreated from and won victory. And so I feel like this morning, God has called you back from your battlefield for a moment to win the battle at home, to win the battle in the heart. And as we win that battle together, God will give us victory on all those other fronts. Remember, the caterpillar gets to a place where it has to transform or it will die. That transformation, that victory here this morning. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's listen to him for a moment. Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus, what are you feeling? We want our hearts to connect with your heart. Convicted. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You haven't even started. And he's <laughs> Thank you. Uh, some words of Paul, which have been a huge blessing to me in many, many times. And I think follow so very well the words that you have just been saying. It's in Ephesians 3 verse 16. May he grant you, out of the rich treasury of his glory, mm. to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love 
and founded securely on love, that you may have the power to be strong and to apprehend and grant with all the saints God's devoted people. We are God's devoted people. Um, the, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence, uh, all the fullness of God, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And in that condition, we have room for nothing else. Mm. So good. Being rooted in him. Being devoted to him. Having all of that power at our hands, as Margaret's just talked about from that scripture. While Shannon was talking about Joshua chapter 7, before we came together as elders, the same thing had been talking to me. And so when we came to the elders meeting and talked about it, it was just like, hmm. But I was just sitting up the back there, and as he was talking about it, talking about the battle at AI, and about how the nation of Israel struggled at AI. Something just popped into my head, and I thought, no, that's silly. But, you know, God talks to you in silly ways sometimes. Achan. When they went into the battle of Ai, God had given strict instructions about destroying everything. And Ai, uh, sorry, Achan had a selfish heart. He had a heart that was not aimed at the Lord. He had a heart that was looking at himself. And so he took things that didn't belong to him. And he hid them. Hmm. And as a result, the whole nation of Israel suffered. When we do, as Margaret has just spoken about, devoting ourselves to the Lord, mm. putting our trust in God, putting our, our emphasis, our energy, our prayer life, our dedication, everything in Jesus, and not in anything else. Mm. Being selfless and being Christ-centered. Then what happens is we uplift Thank our nation, God. our church, community hmm. and we bring his word first and foremost hmm. we stop thinking about ourselves and we stop thinking about the idols in our lives we stop thinking about our needs we start thinking about each other Thank we you, start God. thinking about how we can serve and manifest what God has given to us yep. to be a pleasurable aroma to each other Yes, Lord. And here's the silly thing that popped into my head. <laughs> AI is spelled AI. All involved. Profound. Is spelled AI. <laughs> and if we were all involved, and if we got together and worked together as a family, if we got together and struggled together through the things that Shannon talked about earlier of the things that people are growing weary about pulling their hair out of their head. If we got together and worked mm. together as a family, yeah. struggled together, hungered together, devoted ourselves together, one to one another, 
I think this community could go somewhere. Mm, come on. So good. Our private lives are ours, but they're also a gift from God. Mm. He gives us the individual breath that we breathe. When we give our breath, our body, our heart, our mind, our soul, back to him, as Georgie said in that scripture. And when we love him with every part of our being and love our neighbours as we do ourselves, we start to serve each other. Hmm. The battle of AI was a reminder to the nation of Israel that they need to work together. Hmm. May we also. So good. One of the things that God said to me this week, it's written on my whiteboard, is that if you help other people fight their battles, they will help you fight yours. And part of what I think we're supposed to do as we come back to home camp is then go, okay, one battlefront at a time. It might not even be my battlefront. My marriage might be good, but I'm going to go and fight for someone else's marriage. I'm going to hold someone's hands up who can't hold their own up. I'm going to get alongside someone who's been fighting on their own. One of the things that I think we should do right now, Rodney, don't go anywhere, you're next. I just, you know, Bo was talking about Achan's sin and this whole thing about Joshua. And it can be easy to, to look at that and go, well, Achan's sin was he stole. But actually, the Bible teaches us that the problem was that the things that Achan took for himself were the things that God had been declared to be devoted to him. And so I think part of this, you know, and this is going to come out later when I introduce what we're going to do for the next 15 days of consecration. But part of that is taking the things that God called for us to devote to him and turning them towards him. And I just feel right now, for just a couple of moments, I'd just like us to, to bow our heads, to close our eyes, to have a moment with God of repentance for the things that we should devote to Him that we've devoted to something else. And hear me, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Jesus doesn't do lectures, He does invitations. And so this morning, Jesus is not condemning you to repent. He's inviting you to enter into a new fullness, to enter in hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So just in your own spirit, in your own mind, just with God, is there anything? You know, and, and don't... Don't beat yourself up right now. Ask him. Don't ask, don't ask the devil because the devil will give you a list and it will all be condemning. God usually gives you one thing. God, is there anything I need to repent in my life right now? Repent simply means to turn. Is there anything that I need to turn my devotion? Maybe it's, maybe it's my marriage. Maybe it's my job. 
Maybe it's my time, my body, my mind, my spirit, whatever it is. And God, I turn it towards you right now. I turn it towards you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a woman down here that would like some ministry. Bex, I wonder if you could go, and if a couple of others could just gather around. I don't mind who too much. Bex, if you can just make sure that the Spirit is on it and what happens, that'd be, be great. You might want to just reach out a hand to this woman where you are. You might be sitting here this morning going, well, I don't need any of this. Lucky you. Mighty Jesus, comfort, comfort my people. Comfort, comfort my people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We repent, Lord. You might feel like the thing you've been asked to repent of makes no sense. Often the thing that God is asking us to turn away from is not the thing we feel most guilty about. I'll never forget, I've told this story once or twice. I'm reluctant to, to tell it in public circles because it doesn't allow for the heart of what happened. But I was mentoring a young boy uh, when I was a youth leader, uh, openly homosexual, gave his life to Jesus. And everybody went, well, it's only a matter of time. Uh, that, that repentance has got to come. And I remember sitting with him one day eating McDonald's fries. And he said to me, Shannon, God's been really on my case about something big in my life that he doesn't like. And I'll confess, I went, oh, here it goes. This is going to be it. But I held myself reserved and went, oh, tell me about that. And he said, God hates my sarcasm. God hates my sarcasm. And he says, I need to, I need to repent of it today. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, God. Rodney, when you come. Again, you want ministry? You've got a word to share? You don't really know why you're supposed to be up here? You just know you're supposed to be up here? You can move. <laughs> just a couple of things to share. Um, I was one of the ones that spoke to Shannon during the week that I had a thing. I was, I was trying to sort it out in my head a little bit. We've got, got what God was speaking to me. It was actually about when Bex spoke about the dry bones um, in the scripture. And being a farmer and being a kid that's wandered around the hills on the farm, and I know what dry bones look like. You know, I've picked up sheep skulls that have been sitting in the dirt for years, and, and they are so dry. And, and that scripture's always just said to me that God has the power to turn that into a living. And it, it was sort of, but God, you know, last week he just played with my mind on that one, saying that actually the dry bones I'm talking about aren't the dry bones that you understand as dry bones, as, you know, 
bones that are completely withered and dry. Mm. They're, they're our non-Christian friends. They're the people we deal with. And it talked about us as Christians, when we speak into their lives, we are speaking into those dry bones. Mm. So they're physically not dry bones in, the, in, in my farmer's mentality of what dry bones are. They're living people. Yeah. But their bones are dry of his spirit. And when we speak into them, when we help them, when we go out of the community and deal with those people, we're imparting part of God's spirit into those dry bones. So that, that was the revelation I got from there. It's great. During the, the week, um, and this is another one weird for me, but so um, I've been a Christian. I was trying to work it out since I was 13. So it's about 46 years or something. You know, I was brought up in a Christian family. I've known all about Christ and, and his goodness and yet God. And one of my favorite scriptures, um, Ezekiel, not, you know, it's the, no, sorry, Ecclesiastes, you know, the, the one where everything's doom and gloom. I was reading that. Why was I reading that? I don't know during the week. But anyway, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 16, and this was just a completely I've always known about God's love, about his freedom, that he died on the cross for me. I've known it, I've known it, I've known it, I've known it. Yet, and, and so because of that, I tried to live a good life. And, and when you stuff up, you, um, you beat yourself up. Well, I find I beat myself up if I don't get things right. I, you know, I have a bad thought, I eat too much, or you know, I know I've done wrong, sort of thing. And I beat myself up. <laughs> And, and that particular scripture, you read it, and there's just this tiny little bit in, in 16 says, and it, and it just hit me big time. Don't, basically, is it? Yeah, don't be too good. <laughs> and it's the weirdest thing. Like, I've known God's died for my sin. He's done all that. I've accepted that. I've, you know, um, he continues to die for my sin, you know. But don't try and be so good. And I just, I just sort of had this whole freedom for me was, um, it, you don't have to be so good. In other words, don't beat yourself up when you get it wrong. Because what it comes about to, what we're today, it's actually not about the obedience, but it is. Yep. But it's actually about the relationship. Yeah, that's right. And we don't always get it right with our relationship. In my marriage, which I, you know, we're closing in on 35 years. You know, not every day I like my wife. Every day I love her, but not every day I like her. Shall I say, you know, um, and if you get that, you know, we have good and bad days. She's got some news for you too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for me, as a Christian for a long time, don't be so good. In other words, don't beat yourself up when I get it wrong. was amazingly... Um, my wife's been away for a few days and getting telling her last night and she was sort of it was sort of weird but it was very freeing for me and yeah. just took that pressure off of that actually it's about relationship with God yeah it's not about the obedience but it is about the obedience so <laughs> I'm not going to go around and be bad or you know <laughs> it was just it was freeing anyway yeah Jeez. so good so good perfect and what a wonderful way to follow up a time of repentance that we don't have to have it all together. We just have to keep coming back to the one who loves us. Is this good? Be okay? 
No one's going, what are we doing? I am. It's a good, what are we doing? Um, I've got something I feel we're supposed to do, but not right now. Um, Dave. I was just sitting there and contemplating and I said, God, I don't want to get up here. I don't <laughs> want to tell anybody about anything. You know, and it's just uh, since I shared about the cancer, which didn't phase me one iota, simply because I know who God is and I know who I am in God. I came up to read Ephesians um, but I don't think that's going to happen. But it's all, to got to, it's all got to do with the fivefold ministry. And I know since I walked into this place that there had been a lot of sickness in this place. And uh, when I was diagnosed with uh, some other name, but it was cancer, and uh, some of you haven't heard it, but uh, God has healed me totally. Come on. Come and on. Uh, I give God all the glory because I never accepted anything, and I don't anyway, anything that's not in God's Word. Anything outside of God's Word is rubbish, so why should you accept it? <laughs> sickness doesn't belong to God, so why should you accept sickness? Come on. I said it's going to come on you, but you don't have to stand there and say, hide am I, hide am I. Kia yeah, it's good. It doesn't belong to us. The things that belong to us in here. See, and God's word says, my people perish through the lack of knowledge. Have you got the lack of knowledge of who you are in God and what belongs to you from God? Come on. God loves you. God is loved. Why should he put rubbish on you? God is not sickness. God is the God that healeth thee. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm so excited because <laughs> I, I was just about starting to cry over the end again because I drive my truck around and I, I worship God and I cry and I shout and I think about people and I think about this fellowship, how much I love it. And now I know why God called me to be here. See, we're called to go out and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on. But we need to have faith in God. Faith without yes. uh, uh, faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. Totally impossible to please God. God is a pleasing God. He loves us to bits. Mm. And we need to know that. We need to get it down into our spirit, get it down into our hearts, that God is a God who loves us. Yeah. And we really need to pump that right into our hearts. And we need to show people that we do walk in the love of God. Yeah. You know, the, the, in, in Ephesians it says we need to be jointly, jointly, I better read it because I might get it wrong. <laughs> jointly fitted together in one love. Yeah. In love. We need to show kindness. We need to show uh, 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 
tenderness and, and be uh, uh, loving towards one another. Mm. You know, because that's all, that's, you know, that's only part of it. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so good. Come on. Start clearing some space in your preaching roster. Yeah, go. highest form of warfare, spiritual warfare, is love. That's the highest form. And I've known that um, in my marriage with you, and in times when you feel like injustice has happened, the, the natural response is to want to hate. The natural response is to want to get revenge. And I know that a lot of um, different people have felt like that from time to time. I know that I have definitely, even in this week, I've felt like that again. And God just keeps on reminding me, you're not going to win the spiritual battle by hating. You're going to win it by, by loving. Come on. That is how. It's a word from God. See so, ya. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote this down while we were worshiping this morning. You will always manifest and minister from the kingdom that you are the most aware of. You will always manifest and minister from the kingdom that you are most aware of. That's what Bex is talking about, being aware of the kingdom of God, being aware of the kingdom that is love, that is light, that is life, that is increase. I was talking with Sharon Simpson this morning about Taya. And, you know, we're talking about the, the spiritual awareness of young children and how that changes, Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a criticism conversation. It was a reality conversation about, you know, my daughter from, from, from very young, you know, people never used to listen to me when I was preaching because they were just too busy looking at her with their hands in the air or, you know, worshipping Jesus. She was very aware of the presence of God. And I don't believe she was imitating. I don't believe she was just copying mom or dad or what people were doing around her because I'd see her do it in the home and I'd see her, and, and it was real. There was an authentic connection with God. And Sharon said, you know, it's like she's been in this world for so little time that she's more aware of the kingdom she came from. And yet as we get older, and what we're now starting to find is you go, Taylor, it's time to do prayers. Oh, money. I don't say that to, to beat on her. I just say that because we all get there. Why? Because she's been in this world a little bit longer. She's become a little bit more aware of the physical rather than the spiritual. And if we always manifest a minister from the kingdom that we're most aware of, the first question becomes, what kingdom are we aware of? My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. One translation of that is, my supply who is all that I need, I stop and become aware of you. I stop and become aware of you. Can we... Something else that I want to do in just a moment, but before we do, I want us to just turn our attention back towards Jesus. Turn our attention away from our heaviness, away from anything else that might be going on, and just, just fix our eyes on Jesus for a moment. Again, you might want to stand. You might want to remain seated. I don't, I don't mind what that looks like. 
I feel like there's more people in this place that are probably looking for some form of ministry. Again, this space is open. Let's make that available. I know this is so unlike Sunday morning church. Eh? It's, it's what happens when you invite Jesus. Nothing else to I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Come on, just begin to give him your worship. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else would do. Oh, I just want you. Nothing begin the work that you have started in each one of us. God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think, ask, or imagine according to the power that is within us, that is Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you call those things that are not as though they already are. God, I thank you that you are doing a new thing. Father, I pray that we would have eyes and ears and spirits to know it and perceive it and to see it. But Lord, we would do more than just witness it. We would enter into it. Father, we don't want to be like Moses who stood on the hill and glimpsed the promised land. We want to be like Joshua who entered into it. We want to be like Joshua who took others into it with him. Father, we begin right now to pray for our community pray for our community. Thank you, God. We pray that you would be high and lifted up, that as you are enthroned and exalted in this place this morning, that the enemy has to flee. 
Father, we thank you that fear has no place in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that depression and anxiety has no place in the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to pray. If not for yourself, pray for someone around you this morning. God, we pray that you would open the floodgates of heaven this morning, that you would begin to speak new life, that you would begin to speak new hope. Father, we thank you that your word is a, it's a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. God, we thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God, we thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There is no height, there is no depth, there is no power, no principality. I am convinced of this. Father, we declare scripture this morning that you are, you are able, you are willing. Father, I thank you that you are not far from any one of us. Father, I thank you that you are closer than the air that we breathe. God, I thank you that there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. And Lord, we declare this morning that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Father, I thank you for testimonies across this place. Testimonies gone, testimonies yet to come. And Father, right now we declare a new season a new season for the church. Father, we pray that the walls that the community has put up against the church would come down in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, we speak, we, in fact, we do more. We prophesy that this is gonna be a season where it is easy for people to get saved. We prophesy that this is gonna be a season where people are gonna encounter the love of God like never before. Thank you, Jesus. I want you right now to begin to intercede for someone else. I want you to begin to turn your prayer from your circumstance and pray for someone else's battle. And, and here's, I'm going to take that one step further. I want you to pray for someone who is not yet in church. And I, I don't mean this church. I don't mean that church. I, I mean the kingdom of God, someone who has not yet entered into the fullness of life. I just want you a bit of, to begin to intercede for that person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You might want to stand and face that area. You might want to pray for that school, for that teacher, for that whatever. But just right now, God, we begin to intercede for our community. We begin to intercede for I'm not here for bliss. Jesus, you don't know. Father, that you would reestablish the More than any Just Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you. Holy ground, holy moment, Lord. There's an anointing here right now. There's an anointing here now. We have to move on this now. We let God set the pace. We follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. There, there is an anointing here right now for freedom from depression. For freedom from depression. And, and, and if that's you, 
I'm going to ask you to do something brave. I'm going to ask you to do something brave, but I'm going to start by walking towards you. I suffer from depression. I'm on medication for depression. So we've removed the stigma of it because if I can admit it, you can admit it. And right now, there's an anointing for breakthrough in the realm of depression. And if that's you, I'd like to invite you either to stand or to come and stand up the front. Uh, But I want you to be brave because the first thing about overcoming it is what Dave said and saying, I refuse to receive it. And if it can keep you in your seat, it owns you. And so the first thing is going, I'm going to take authority back. And there's an anointing. You don't want to miss it. Don't sit here and then go later, I wish I'd stood. There's an anointing coming through this building right now for freedom from depression. And you can stand up and catch that wind in your sail. Or you can sit and let it pass you by. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If anyone judges you for it, I'll remove them from the church. Because this is a place of freedom. This is a place of life. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If that's you, lift your hands to Him. Lift your hands to Him this morning. And I just want you to begin to stretch out a hand to someone around you and just pray. Lord, we declare this morning freedom from the spirit of depression, from the spirit of heaviness right now. We declare that the joy of the Lord will be these people's strength. And so, Lord, we pray right now that you would pour joy into their life and joy in all of its abundance. Jesus declared and He promised you that He had come that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus, I take authority over my own condition and I lay it at the foot of the cross and I declare that it does not belong to me any longer but the power of Jesus Christ who has given me not a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and we prophesy power love and sound minds to every single one in this room who this has been a battle for in Jesus name and say Lord we say let there be testimonies of breakthrough let there be testimonies of breakthrough mighty Jesus mighty Jesus mighty Jesus Spirit of joy coming on the service this morning. Spirit of joy coming on the service. Thank you, God. You know, one of the things that I forget the dude's name, a couple of years ago, we were listening to him. One of his favorite things, he'd come from this place of being real bitter and sour. And one of his favorite words now was, let's just laugh at that. Let's just laugh at that. If you're battling with depression, if that's been part of your story, why don't we take a moment this morning and let's just laugh at that. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> I don't, look, I don't care if it's forced. I don't care if it's ha, 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 ha. But we're going to take authority. Let's just laugh at that for a moment. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let joy take its place. Let joy take its place. Fullness, 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 fullness of God. Father, I pray that we would laugh at the work of the enemy that we would laugh. <laughs> I, I, I just got this picture that some of you, you I, I'd just like to take a moment to apologize to all abstract artists in this room before I share this vision. You know how like sometimes you go to those art galleries and like there's a big white canvas and someone's gone and gone, $2,000. And you go, you're all right. (laughs) For starters, my daughter's a prodigy. That's like, you know, we've got to start selling some of these things. But I got this picture that that was like, 
the, the devil has painted a picture of your life and sold it to you for a high price and convinced you that it's worth more than it is. And, and the difficulty is in that is that this morning, the Holy Spirit is giving revelation that that picture that's been painted for you by the enemy is trash and it's not worth the canvas that it's written on. And you go, but I paid a lot of money for it. I paid a lot of money. I paid a big price for that. I, I've spent a lot of time declaring that over myself. I've spent a lot of time uh, building my identity around my anxiety, my depression, my, my weakness, my whatever. And now I just find out that it's worthless. And so what we try to do is we try to sell it. We try to convince ourselves, you know, the, the story of the emperor's new clothes. We try to convince ourselves that it's still valuable. And I just believe what God would say this morning is just throw it in the trash. Like, like what Dave said, you know, just throw it in the trash. It's not yours. Yeah, okay, you got fooled into accepting something that was never God's plan for you. You won't be the first and you won't be the last. But right now, can we stop trying to put value on things that God's not putting value on? And instead put God's value where He is putting value, which is you. You know, you are God's most prized artwork. Paul said we are Christ's masterpiece. You are the one that he stepped down from heaven for. You know, we got we to turn from the theology that says Jesus came for your sin. Jesus didn't come for your sin. He came for you. You don't want your sin. Oh, Jesus came to die for my sin. No, Jesus came to die for you. And in order to do that, he had to separate you from your sin. But he's already done that. That work is finished. Thank you, God. Turn your attention towards him. Turn your attention towards him. I don't want any of this to be about creative words on my part. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, we pray. Here's what I want to do. Our, our service time has come to an end. But God's kingdom never ends. Worship happens now and forevermore. Yeah, yeah. And, and we join in with that. So we have a few things that we need to do. But actually what I want to do is make sure that we continue what we've started in here, in our own homes. Because what happens in, actually, you need to come, you need to, yeah, hello. You do that, and then I'll do my bit. Those of you who were here last week probably stood when Shannon asked for prayer for our family. Um, some of you may have been aware that on Friday, Jessica had her paediatrician review over in Nelson, and I'd been preparing myself for several weeks for her review and how would it go. And a few weeks ago, I thought, man, God, this is just too hard going to Nelson and back, just so I can't even get to Blenheim without having really been distressed. How on earth, God, are we going to get to Nelson? 
Well, we got three quarters away to Nelson, and there was a slip on the hills, and we got through. <laughs> and I thought, okay, God, I've got just enough time. I can grab my coffee. We can get to the hospital. And we got to the hospital with two minutes to spare. We get in there. There was no wait for the pediatrician, which was a miracle because <laughs> an hour on waiting rooms is quite normal. <laughs> and I thought, okay, God, you've got your hand on this. Get into the appointment, and we're told that she needs X-rays, and that um, the pediatrician hadn't been told that we needed X-rays. And I thought, great, we're now stuck here for another hour, God. Get to the X-ray department, no cue whatsoever. Come on. Come out, and there was a notification on my phone, and I thought, oh, I'll just check this. And I looked at the phone, and I said to Arthur when he walked through the door, I said, "Hun, they closed that road to Nelson." 10 minutes after we got through. We got out. I said to Arthur, I still can't believe it. There was no queue in the X-ray department. There was no hold-ups along the way. We get down to the beach and I look at Arthur and said, you know, three weeks ago when I said, God, I can't do this. <laughs> I booked a motel unit with a spa bath so the kids could just play in the water and chill out in the sky too. Yeah, sure. They could just for, for the children. Cartoons. For the children. And yeah. I'm sitting there <laughs> on the beach looking at bumper to bumper of traffic with trucks go past thinking, God, you knew exactly what we needed. Yep. You knew exactly the timing. When Arthur had gone a strange way out of Blenheim, God knew he had to go this odd way to get out of Blenheim because had we been two minutes earlier, we would have been in that slip. Had we been five minutes later, the slip actually came down further. And as I sat there today, God reminded me, at times we can look for the big things that he's done. Yeah. Yes, we could have gone into that appointment and been absolutely shattered because she wasn't fully healed. And we got told that, hey, we actually need more tests and that she'll probably end up under orthopedics in the future. But I sat there and like, God, you knew. Yeah. You knew he actually had to take that detour. Yeah. And yeah, what I was really reminded today is in your battle, praise him for the small things. That's right. Don't just Come look on. for that big thing. That is, you celebrate those small victories. As we sat there on the beach, some person told us the road to Murchison was actually closed. And all that traffic to Christchurch was being diverted to Blenheim. But the road to Blenheim was closed, so all that traffic <laughs> would have taken us goodness knows how long to get back to Blenheim. Wow. Come on. <laughs> and even when someone said to me, oh, they've opened the road again, you could get home. Actually, an hour later, it was closed again, and they're all going back through the back way. <laughs> <laughs> so in those, that battle of yours, it might Come seem on. crazy. You might get prompted for something like I did at 11 o'clock at night to book that motel. But God knows what you need. Yeah. And it's in those small moments That's right. that you can really see him and appreciate what he's done. Yes. So good. So good. Praise God. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do for the next 15 days together. And I say together, you're going to do it in your homes, but we're going to do it as a church. Because the joy of being part of the body of Christ is that the body of Christ has a really stretchy skin. And so you can be in different places and still be part of the same body. But God put in my heart that we're to do 15 days of consecration as a church. Remembering that the first battle 
is the battle at home. It's the things that need to be devoted to God. And as we devote them to God, the other battles are won. And so this is 15 days um, of devotional that I've put together, that I've lent into God and asked, what is it that you want us to do? And if you're on our email list, you are going to get sent each day as a devotion, now starting tomorrow for 15 days. If you don't have an email address or you like the texture of holding something in your hand, there are 25 copies of this at the information desk. I encourage you to to get hold of one. Please let the people who don't have an email address get one first. If we run out, we will have more at the office available. But what we've done is for the next 15 days, we want to position ourselves in the arms of God. We want to put things back in the order that they belong, believing that as we do so, God will bless us. And so there are 15 days. We're going to consecrate our bodies to the Lord, our minds, our spirits, our emotions. Got to keep going so I know what they all are. Our positions as employees or employers, our family our relationships, our homes, our cell phones, our prayer space, our objects and items and belongings, our finances and our budget, our whenua, our land, our church. And then on day 15, on Monday the 2nd of December, we're going to consecrate our time to the Lord. And so each day there's a devotion for you to do. It's simply a prompt to get you thinking about your own consecration journey. There is no right or wrong way to consecrate yourself. But the Bible says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things above, among you. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. Exodus chapter 19 says, let every priest who comes near to the Lord consecrate themselves. And so we're going to go through this journey together. And most of the time it's going to be a prompt for you to do it in your own time in your own space. But we're also going to have three extra worship, prayer, and ministry services over the next 15 days. On Thursday, the 21st of November, they're all marked in your book. On Thursday, the 21st of November, on Sunday, the 24th of November, we will have an evening service. And on Monday, the 2nd of December as well. And each of these will start at 6.30 until the presence of God is finished. But people can come and go as they need to. But I want to encourage you, this is not just some project that I've undertaken for a laugh. This is something that I believe that God is calling us to do. And as we dwell together in unity, that is where God commands His blessing. And so I want to invite you to join us in this. If this is not your home church, you can still be a part of it. If this is your first time in a church, you can still be a part of it. You'll probably find a deeper relationship with Jesus along the way. So I want to encourage you to grab those on the way. The other thing that we need to do is to take up our tithe and our offering this morning. So uh, the, the stewards are coming around now. I know many of you give online or by FPOS in the, in the foyer. Um, but let's just pray right now that God would use our finances to build and grow the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for every good gift you give to us. And this morning, we do not give to get. We give for the pleasure of giving to you and to this community. And we pray that you would use it as you see fit to lead others into the hope and freedom that we know. In Jesus' name.